Good morning, everyone. It's, it's really good to see you here this morning, and I'm going to try and do this in 25 minutes. As you know, the question, is it impossible? Oh, well, 25 minutes is impossible for me, but we'll see how we go. You know, as many of you know, um, Lake Learning Camp, Bible Camp, just finished a couple of weeks ago. In a sense, to my great relief, but it was an amazing camp. Over the week, we had up to 60 students there, you know, studying the Word of God, six hours a day, and then having a bit of a time at evening doing different things. There were three here from Te Awamuru Bible Chapel. There was uh, Karina Pilot, Margaret Campbell, and Lavelle Kalepusan. And if you want to find out more about the camp, please go and ask them. And uh, we were really encouraged by it. In fact, uh, we are pleased that we already have next year's camp sorted on the uh, January the 4th to the 11th. And we have this guest speaker coming from America, but he's not from America. He grew up in Senegal. He was a missionary child, and uh, he has grown up over there. And then as part of his life, he started what they call Rock International Ministries. And they reach, reach out to abused, neglected children in Africa and around the world. So he's coming to join us next year and will be our main speaker. We have a plenary session every morning of about an hour where our main speaker speaks before we break up into uh, various camps. And the good news is the camp down at my campus said we can have 175 students, so you can all come now. <laughs> but you have to bring tents and caravans. <laughs> anyway, but it was really neat, um, and we really enjoyed it. But I must admit, as part of my role in organising the camp, I have to organise lecturers, and if any of you are organised lecturers, you know exactly what that's like. You, you've got to get all the books together, all their notes together, before a timeline, which they always come back. In fact, our timeline was by the 15th of December, all notes were in. I got a text on, New Year's Eve, on Christmas Eve saying, oh, I've just sent my notes, Shane. You put all these books together. You're assigning rooms, you're taking registrations, you're doing all this stuff. You're printing them all. We had printed over 10,000 pages on our printer here. I must tell you, and this is a confession, sorry Peter, that printer felt a few knees during my time of printing 10,000 pages because it wasn't working. And all these things were coming on, there was a pressure, and Ray actually experienced my moodiness, eh Ray? <laughs> And, and all the stuff was coming on, and then you got the pressure of Christmas programs, the pressure of speaking on a Sunday here. Then you got chairs to move about, and all this stuff is happening. And, you know, you start getting to this point where you say, Lord, I want to give up. I've had enough. In the midst of all this, the doctors changed my medicine. I lost all energy. I, I was, um, couldn't eat. All this stuff was happening over December, and uh, in fact, often I'd go home from here, uh, I'd come here at half past five, six o'clock in the morning, work all day through to about four, half past four, getting his books, I'd go home and I'd go to bed, and I'd stay in bed till five o'clock the next morning. I just lost everything, and I was carrying on, and I was thinking, God, why are you doing this? I want to give up. It got to a point that one day here, I just said to one of our staff members here, I said, this is a waste of time. You know, honestly at that point, there was no one from the chapel coming. Um, we had 
I mean, we had students coming from all over the country, but in our own chapel, we had no one. No one really was interested in studying the Bible for a week here. And I sort of thought, why do I bother carrying on? And then one of the staff members said to me, Shane, if all this is happening, something good must be going to happen. And I took that and I thought, yeah. And I got in my room and office and uh, sat down and said, Lord, I'll carry on. And what an amazing camp we had. What an amazing camp. 60 people studying the word of God throughout the country. I've already got seven people registered for next year from around the country. It's amazing. But, you know, I came up with this question and Karina and Margaret and Lover will have heard a little bit about this at our banquet night. But I asked the question, is it impossible? Are things really impossible? I'd thought it was. But with God, all things are possible through Christ who strengthens us. I do not know what sort of week you've had this week. It may have been a really good week for you and you've come here and you've really enjoyed the music and you're really, you know, you're just loving it and coming here and fellowshipping together and you're excited about being here today. That may be your week. Or your week may have been a not-so-good week. And you are here, but you're not really here. You're here in, pre- in physical presence, but you're not really. I mean, we just sung these amazing songs, and they may mean nothing. You might just sung them away and just did what we're supposed to do, sing here, and you know, you'll take part in the Lord's Supper later. But, but you're not here. That may be your week. Or you may have had a terrible week, and you're here because you had no other place to go. You just wanted to get out of the house, you wanted to get away from people, and you come here and join a whole lot of people. But you can get lost. You get lost in this crowd. You know, whatever you're going through, whatever week you've had, whatever struggles you're going through in your life at the moment, whatever's going on in your life, I want you to listen to these words of Paul from Philippians 4, 10 to 13. If you've got your Bibles... I would encourage you to open them. That's one of our things about Bible Camp. You've got to have your Bible. Let's open them or your phone with the Bible on. I'm reading from the ESV, and it says this, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had an opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learnt in whatever situation I am to be content I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul, the apostle, perhaps is one of the greatest teachers and church planters of ever around, you know, aside from Jesus. He went out and he started churches all over the known world at that time. He was a missionary of, of uh, um, great capacity because he used to walk everywhere. Not like us, right? Aeroplanes and cars and that, but he walked everywhere. But he went through times when he thought it was impossible to carry on. You know, I just listed some of the, some of the stuff that, we, that he went through. And... Uh, 
I know we all have our different struggles and different problems, and, and, and yeah, sometimes it is hard. But just listen to what Paul went through. Five times I received at the hand of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. If you can't do math, that's 39. Okay, so 39 lashes. Four, five times he received that. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys I was in danger from rivers. I was in danger from robbers. I was in danger from my own people. I was in danger from Gentiles. I was in danger in the city. I was in danger in the wilderness. I was in danger at sea. I was in danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship through many a sleepless night. Hunger and thirst, often without food. In cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure of me, on me of my anxiety for all the churches. This is Paul. Man, if, if, if anyone had an opportunity to give up, it should have been Paul. I mean, if I got the whipping 39 times once, I'd probably say, Lord, that's enough. But Paul got it five times. Shipwrecked. You know, it's really amazing how people can carry on through the deepest of struggles. I'm thinking of, of a, a friend of mine in the Philippines, young Paul, not Paul the Apostle, Paul, uh, one of the guys that, that, that we trained up at, at the church in the Gape. His mother, Susan, was left by herself. Her husband came to New Zealand, left her, and um, hitched up with some woman over here in Thames, and uh, she was left with two kids to, to train up. She came into the church. She met, recognised her need for the Lord Jesus Christ. She became a Christian, so she was regular there. Her two, two children, Paul and Pam. Pam was the older one. Beautiful young, young girl and really solid for the Lord. Going on for God, man. At, at 10 years old, she was you know, powerfully in the Sunday school doing amazing things. At 13 years old, she went to the province. She got out of the boat or bunker as we call them. And just as she got out of the boat, she was struck by lightning. Bang, no more Pam. We thought Paul would never recover from that because he didn't want anything to do with his dad who has left him. And then at the funeral, his dad basically said, I'm not coming home for your daughter's funeral. So Paul had this real burden on his heart of, of anger and bitterness. But it's amazing what God can do, isn't it? Went to the Philippines last year for my brother-in-law's funeral, and here's Paul, a preacher of the Word of God, standing up and telling people about how we need to forgive and how we need to be on fire for God. He carried on. Despite all that he went through, he carried on. He didn't give up his faith. He didn't give up just because God didn't do things how he wanted them to be done. He carried on. And I love Paul's response in, in 2 Corinthians. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is made to fall? And I am not indignant. If I must boast, I will boast the things that show my weakness. The God of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed for ever knows that I'm lying. 
Lord, I know I'm weak in these situations, but Lord, I will boast in you. I will boast in you because you are who I need. And then we see him in here in Philippi, in prison again. This is the second time he's been in prison in Philippi, here when he's writing Philippians. You know, and he hadn't done anything wrong. He'd been preaching the gospel. He'd been telling people about the Lord Jesus. And he was thrown in prison again. But what made him go on? What, you know, why do you have this response? I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me behind bars. But you see, Paul had seen God do the impossible. Think about the last time he went to Philippi, if you don't know the story. In Acts 16, Paul, Luke, Silas and Timothy head to Philippi due to a vision they got, or Paul got. While they were there, they were talking to this businesswoman called Lydia. They share with her the gospel and she accepts the Lord Jesus Christ. Next, they're met by a slave girl who yells out, these are the men of the Most High God. And every day, she would follow them around and do that. And Paul turned around and, and it says in the, you know, I wouldn't have written this in the Bible if I was writing the Bible, but God wrote it. Paul turns around annoyed and tells the spirit to come out of her. And it leaves and she becomes a believer in Christ. But what happens? The masters of the, of the slave girl are upset. They're losing money. This girl had the spirit of divination and fortune-telling. Just on the side road, you may think fortune-telling and divination is okay. The Bible is really against it. He's against it. And uh, when the slave girl was healed, suddenly these masters lost their income. So what do they do? They take Paul and Silas, drag them to the market, falsely accusing them of causing, a, causing trouble in, the, in, the, in Philippi. And what do the leaders do? Instead of standing up on truth, they say, throw them in prison. Not only in prison, they were in stocks around their feet. So these were treat, Paul and Silas were treated as hardened criminals, murderers. And they were thrown in prison. And I guess I could have said, God, I was just sharing your word. Why is this happening to me? But what do Paul and Silas do? They start singing praises and praying to the Lord and, and praising him with hymns. Man, what's wrong with these guys? They're in prison. They've got stocks around their feet. They're treated like murderers and they're praising God. Because they knew that they could stand because Christ was in them, no matter what. God, while they're doing all this, singing praises, God sends an earthquake. The stocks fall off. The leg bonds fall off. The prison doors fly open. And they continue singing and praising God. The jailer wakes up, scared. He grabs his sword. He says, oh, no, I'll be killed if these guys have all escaped. Goes to kill himself. And Paul says, wait. We're all here. And what happens? The jailer and his family come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. They shared the gospel. There are times that what you are going through may seem impossible. There are times in what you're going through, it may seem like there's just no answer. But as a Christian, we believe that God has got our lives in our hands. And I'm not just talking about lip service. 
I'm saying we really believe that God has got our lives in our hands. And sometimes he wants us to go through those struggles in order to save someone else. He allows us to go through them so that we have this message to share. And you know, I'm, I'm really love sharing the message of Jesus Christ. And I'd really encourage all of us to share that message. But don't just look at the problems and struggles we're going through. Look at what God can do through those problems and struggles. Paul says, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Or maybe while Paul was in prison in Philippi, the second time, he's thinking of that rich man that came to Jesus in Matthew. You know, Paul had a great understanding of the word of God. He knew all these stories. You see, this rich man in Matthew 19, this rich ruler had everything he needed. He was wealthy. He had servants. He had all that he had. But even though he had all this, he was still missing something. You know, that's quite actually, actually quite common amongst uh, wealthy people. I've worked with rich and middle-class people in the Philippines, and they've got all the wealth they need. They, need everything they, they have everything they need, but there's still something that's missing. So they get involved in charity work, they give to churches, because there's still this vacuum of something they need. You know, I often, you know, Ray and I often laugh about this. You know, if we won the lotto, yeah, we could do this and do this, but why doesn't God let us win? Well, first you've got to buy a ticket. But the thing is, God knows that if you did win that amount, you'd probably waste it anyway. But there are people who have got everything. And this is this rich man. You know, they're often looking for something to appease something in their soul. So he goes to Jesus and he says, Lord, I know you're good. And Jesus replies, don't call anyone good but God. So he didn't get off on the right foot anyway. But he starts off and he says, what must I do to have eternal life? So Jesus says to him, follow the commands. Do not murder, but respect your parents. And we know those days. The man says, and I love this response, I do all this, but what do I still lack? Why? Because his soul was still hungry for something. He was still looking for something. You see, people fill our, people fill our, we fill our lives with all this stuff to try and appease and make ourselves happy and joyful. And, and that, but there's always something missing. What is Jesus' response? Sell everything. Give to the poor. And follow me. Well, hold on a minute, Jesus. Now, now, I don't mind doing all the works, but to sell everything and follow you, don't give me that. I don't need that. And the guy went away full of sorrow, the Bible tells us. Full of sorrow because he couldn't give up what was important to him to follow Jesus. And, and that is much like us, isn't it? There are things in our lives that become more important than Jesus. I believe the wealth in his life, this is what Jesus was targeting, the wealth in his life was his idol. That was his idol in his life. Now he wanted eternal life. He wanted to be under God's rule. He wanted everything that God had to offer. 
But he couldn't give up the one thing he needed to. And that was to surrender to God. You see, often we have those sort of idols. And I ask this question openly. What is the idol in our lives that stop us surrendering to Christ? What is the thing that is stopping us? Is it, is it money? Wealth? Is it idols? Is it the TV? Is it sport? Or is it anything else that's in our lives that God says, I want you to give it up, to surrender to me? Is it our struggles? Are we, are we failing? You know, has our struggle become our idol? So any struggle in our lives, that becomes more important than Jesus Christ? What is the idol in our lives that stops us surrendering to Christ? And when Christ turns to his disciples, he says these words, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to be saved. I mean, you're looking at these guys, and I said, what? Then who can be saved if that's the case? And Jesus comes back with these words that I believe Paul would have remembered. Jesus looked at them, said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You see, if you like, the secret ingredient of a Christian is not the church. It is not the works. It is not your ministry. The secret ingredient of Christians is God. He is the one that helps us. He is the one that struggles. And, and just on a side of that, you know, you think about that. You may be working with someone who doesn't want to listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ, is not interested. They don't want to know. Can I encourage you? Don't give up. Pray for them. Pray for them. You, you, you'll be surprised at the power of prayer. And there are many stories in this chapel of people who have come to know the Lord and find out years later that someone was praying for them. And that's my own story. You know, someone, a nice lady, older lady, was praying for me for years before I became a Christian. And I didn't know she was praying for me until 10 years later, after becoming a Christian. Don't give up if there's opportunity. You know, ministries, you know, you may be in a ministry in this church, and you're going through a struggle. You know, powerhouse teachers are struggling to get those. People for Christ may be struggling for that. You know, you might be struggling in various areas. Never give up. Pray. I think of CAP Dent Centre. Ray and I started talking about that in 2018, and we never thought it would get off the ground. We thought, oh, no, it's not going to happen. But we continued on. Well, Ray really did, really. He's the visionary behind all this. But now, God is doing an amazing thing through Cap Depth Centre. Just carrying on, carrying on. He's brought people out from this church who have been involved, are getting involved. We have someone going to be trained to be help Ray and in, in, in being a manager of the Cap Depth Centre. You know, never give up just because things get hard. Just because things don't go how we expect them to go. Never give up. I, I see people turning on their faith. 
because of struggles. Paul had more reason to than any of us. Don't give up just because life gets hard. Rather, tap into the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn your eyes to Jesus. You know, I'd love to share with you from 2 Kings 7 about how God uses four lepers to turn around a tough situation to something amazing, but we're not, we haven't got the time to. Maybe it'll be another day. But I just think there are so many examples of the, of the word, in the Word of God where people struggle, and they can struggle for years. Yet God brings things to fruition. And you can look at a situation in life and say it's impossible to change. God can change that. We don't know when, we don't know how, but don't give up your faith. Don't give up your faith. That is the difference between a person who's a Christian and a non-Christian, is the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what happens. So what did Paul have? First, be content in any situation, needy or plenty. I must admit that's a struggle for me to be content at certain times. You know, we all go through this. And the secret of facing any situation is his, his words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Through Christ who strengthens me. So if you're going through a hard time today, if you're struggling financially, marital, health, family, spiritual or emotionally, work, whatever it is. Remember, God cares for you and he will strengthen you through all of this. It may not seem like it, but tap into him. There may be some tough times ahead for you. But Paul's response while he was in prison was more than just a lip service of Christ strengthens me. He actually believed that God can do the impossible. So as a Christian, is it impossible? No. Not for God. Brothers and sisters, can I encourage you, as we move into 2020 this year, stay strong. Not because we are strong, but because the one we believe in is the one that strengthens us. Let's pray and I'll ask the music team to come up. Father, your word is full of examples that you are able to keep us. You are able to strengthen us. You are able to make straight the paths, Lord. And Lord, I pray for each of us today that though we may be going through struggles in our lives, Though we may be facing different things this year, may we continue to tap into you. May we continue to be like Paul and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And not just say it, but believe in our hearts that this is true. Lord, I pray for anyone who is struggling this morning that they will know that you care for them. And what seems impossible, you can turn around for them. Lord, we give you glory and honour, as Paul did, praising you and singing hymns, 
In the name of Jesus, amen.